All right, are we recording? I think we are. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. It's me, Stephen Gedney. Stephen Gedney, back again. It's been a long time. It seems like every time I do a podcast, I say that it's been a long time, and it truly has been. The last time I recorded anything was uh, back in October, and right now it's about midnight. Uh, on the eve of February 9th, 2020. 2020. Man, that's crazy. Sounds so futuristic, right? But yeah, four, four months, I guess, since my last audio update. And uh, October was also the last time I posted a video. You know, I was doing my vlogs all year, but... um yeah, no, it's it's been it's been a hell of a year. <laughs> it's been a hell of a year. So, I guess I'll do a little quick recap. I don't really want to bore people that much. I mean, the story's already been out there and been told, but you know, I lived in California. I worked for this company for about 10 years. Uh some things changed at the end. I was very unhappy. And that prompted me to start looking for a new job in another state. Washington State, which is where I wanted to move and where my family uh, wanted to relocate. So yeah, let's just break it down. You know, I was, I meant to do one of these um, at the start of the year, you know, start of 2020, but I'll get into reasons why I wasn't able to do that. I'm on my fourth beer of the night here. This is a Deschutes Black Butte Porter. (laughs) So yeah, 2019. Let's see. It started 20... It's crazy. It's crazy how fast this year has gone. And uh, forgive me if my memory is a little fuzzy. You know, it's hard for me to retain a lot of stuff these days. Um, 2019, let's see. It started... Started generally all right, you know, I believe uh went to Sac Anime in Sacramento with some friends. It was raining, cold, stormy, love that kind of weather. It's kind of the reason why I'm up here now. And uh it was a, a fun time. And uh but at the same time I in my work life I was just extremely unhappy, always getting uh, uh scrutiny from the uh, people in charge. Uh, watching people that I work with for many years get let go, um, and uh, a lot of changes being made and, and being very unsure of my future. So, you know, I did a lot of uh, looking around, searching online, and found a job in Washington, Everett, Washington, for the the company Frito-Lay. You know, everybody knows Frito-Lay, Doritos, Cheetos, Lay's, Ruffles, uh, the chip company, <laughs> And, uh, you know, so as I told the story last time, you know, uh, they scheduled me for a last minute interview and, uh, spent $800, flew up to Seattle, rented a car, drove around Seattle for a little bit, went to my interview, went really well, uh, came back to the airport, flew back and went back to work the next day. 
and uh, that was my Seattle adventure. It was uh, exciting, and that was almost a year ago to this this day. You know, it was uh, I don't know the exact date, but it's it has to be really close. I'd be surprised if it was actually exactly a year, but um, yeah, I remember they had just had a big snowstorm, so uh. There wasn't a lot of snow on the road, but the snow that was here was kind of often piled up in uh, different areas of parking lots and on the sides of the road. Seem to remember going to the uh, Walmart in Everett. <laughs> yeah, and this girl who worked there said I was dressed really nice, and I told her, "Well, I'm trying to move up here, you know." So, fun, fun memory. And then, uh, you know. What happened was I got the call and they wanted to offer me the job. So plans were put into place and that was it. You know, I left the job that I worked at for, at that point, nine years straight. But if you wanted to count everything together, it was, you know, is this thing still recording? It looks like it is. Yeah. It was about 11 years total. And, um, yeah, had to pack up these, uh, U-boxes from U-Haul with my dad, and it was a lot of raining down there, and then had then shipped up here, and then there was a lot of confusion once I moved up here about, you know, was I allowed to get the U-Haul U-boxes on the street and had to go to the city, the city of Marysville, Washington, which is where I currently live, and, uh, yeah, man, it was, uh, they told me I wasn't allowed to, so I got really stressed out and had to figure out another last-minute solution, so rented a uh, pickup truck and trailer. I think it was a pickup. It could have been a van. I'm not sure, honestly, looking back on it, um, but uh, it was de- there was definitely a trailer, and, uh, you know, Throughout one weekend, I I made six different trips and would drive to Everett, 25 minutes away, pick up my U-Box, bring it back here to the house, back it in, uh, try to back it in, <laughs> having issues uh, trying to get a trailer backed in straight in a cul-de-sac was always fun, and uh, unloading most of this heavy stuff by myself because my family was not up here at that point, so... Just imagine me moving couches and uh, dressers and beds. And the only thing I needed help with, which thankfully a neighbor uh, jumped in, was a mattress. And he helped me bring it upstairs. And haven't talked to him since. You know, I'm just, I'm a California boy and we don't really talk to our neighbors. (laughs) So it's kind of interesting. But yeah, and then started work started work at Frito-Lay and uh it was definitely a change of pace for me you know the only other time that I had worked for a large company large corporation was I worked for Target from uh late 2004 to mid 2006 and uh was an interesting experience you know uh working at night that whole thing (laughs) rotating schedules um but for the most part, I had been uh, working pretty solid Monday through Friday for, you know, 14 years, 13 years at that point. But, you know, Frito-Lay, they, they needed uh, people to work the later shift. So 
when I started, it was uh, Monday through Friday, starting at 3 p.m., uh, working till midnight, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning. And it's uh, definitely an eye-opening experience. I was very intimidated. Uh, was the new guy, didn't want to make a lot of mistakes like anybody does. And of course you do make mistakes and just really had a hard time uh, coming out of my shell in the very beginning. Was not confident at all in myself. And within a few weeks, they had changed the schedule from 3 p.m. to 1 p.m., so that 1 p.m. schedule then stuck for uh, the next, I don't know, four or five months. And I guess I should have uh, I should have seen this as uh, things to come. But uh, I remember uh, right around Father's Day, which I don't know, was that June maybe? June? Um, they wanted me to work on a Sunday, and they said, well, you know, uh, we really like you to work Sunday if possible, and I said, well, you know, it's Father's Day, it's my first Father's Day with my wife and my daughter, it's my daughter's first Father's Day with me, and uh, they said, oh, no, 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 we don't want you to have to work like that, that's cool, that's cool, and that was the last time they really um, kind of gave me an out, uh, and then from there, you know, uh, as time went on. Oh, and the other thing too that I'll say is uh, sometime around 4th of July, they asked me to go work at another location because they had two people that had walked out. So I drove an hour to Redmond, Washington and worked at their distribution center there. And I actually did a pretty good job. Everybody was really happy with what I did. And, you know, I kicked ass. It was a lot easier than, you know, working in Everett. But, uh, of course, you don't want to commute that long. They had offered me, me to uh, be permanent there, but, you know, decided I still liked being part of the team and the people that I worked with. So uh, coming back to uh, Everett after that whole uh, 4th of July thing, I had started to learn more things. Uh, first, driving the forklift, you know, and I have what had to come in on like on a Saturday and work for four hours to do forklift training. And uh, then later on, the time went on a little bit more. They wanted me to start covering for the lead guy when he has his day off or he's on vacation. So then I became the basically backup lead. They called it a lead backfill. I, I don't like that backfill term for some reason. It sounds pretty stupid. I'm just saying. Why don't you just call it a backup, not a backfill? But I don't know. It's just their terminology, I guess. And uh, yeah, it was it was uh, a little intimidating at first, but it, they started me on the slower days, and then once I worked my way to Thursday and Friday, and and then I would, for an entire week I would be a lead, uh, just kind of calling the shots and making putting people where they need to go. And it seemed like to me that uh, whenever I was the lead, people were very friendly to me, very much in a good mood. Uh, and when the other guy was there, uh, everybody seemed very reserved. Now, I'm, I don't want to turn this podcast into a uh, bashing about people because, uh, you know, I have very mixed thoughts 
about my time spent at this job. And uh, all in all, everybody was very nice to me. And I got along with everybody. Uh, With that being said, there were certain individuals that I feel like gave off a certain vibe that was very uncomfortable. And you could feel it, and uh, other people could feel it. And uh, when certain people weren't there, it was like, hey, this is hard work, but at least, you know, we're all in a good mood and we're having fun. So maybe that's just me, my perception of the situation, but uh, that's just what I'm telling you what I felt. So, you know, and then I was moving the big 30 foot trucks and just doing as much as I can. Um, and so I'm going to get into other things a little bit after I, uh, after the whole Frito-Lay incident, because this is, wasn't the only thing that went on this year, but for the, the time being, I'm just going to talk about the job. And so, uh, anyways, Frito-Lay, uh, it started off pretty cool. I mean, it was hard to begin with. I was not used to walking as much as what was required. I was wearing my Fitbit for a while and, uh, I mean, I would clock in like 20 miles a day, walking 20 miles. It's insane. And um, I think within six months of working there, I lost 25 pounds. So I can't complain about that because I'm always complaining about my weight. So it's nice to, you know, be a little bit thinner. Um, But, you know, how... I've been thinking about how I can uh, how I can describe this experience, and I really wanted to say this at my exit interview uh, yesterday, but I didn't. You know, I guess I saved it for this for the people that actually want to know. But you know, working at Frito Lay, working on a new job, is a lot like um, starting to date a really pretty girl. <laughs> you know, in the very beginning. All you could focus on is, wow, this is new, this is exciting, um, this is different than everything that I'm used to. But then as time goes on, you know, uh, you start to see the girl without her makeup on. (laughs) Uh, The girl starts to become more and more needy, uh, taking up more and more of your time. The girl starts to uh, not tell the truth to you and make you uh, do things you don't want to do to keep her happy. And then you find out from your friends that the girl had many, many, many boyfriends before you and they broke up with her. (laughs) So uh, what's wrong with this girl, right? And so in the beginning, you don't see all the cracks. Uh, It takes time for those things to become apparent. And uh, I guess one of the first things I, I uh, saw, at least that I heard, was people saying how they were very happy for me to be there and, and it was cool for them because they had gone through a lot of people before I stuck around. And uh, that's not a good sign, you know. And then also within my year there, I saw people get hired on after me and I think only one of them is left and he's probably not going to stay that long, but people quit after three days, people quit after a day, people never show up at all. 
Uh, people just disappear and never return. It's not good, man. I mean, you can, uh, when you are hiring people, you can, it's very easy to blame them. Blame uh, a lot of the the people as bad apples that they didn't belong there in the first place. But at a certain point, you got to look at yourself and say, what am I doing wrong? Am I not hiring the right people? Am I uh, giving them false expectations? Or am I just uh, pushing them and driving them to the point where they don't want to be there anymore? And I think it's a combination of all three. You know, also in my time there, there was a people that had been there for a couple years that also left one on good terms one on bad terms so there's something there's something going on and um you know to be completely honest with you i think that there's a lot of issues uh in-house meaning that particular location with the uh management and the organization and there's also a lot of issues uh, corporate wide and uh, uh, things like that, you know, uh, company wide. One of the things I really don't like uh, that is a, a corporate thing is uh, you have to use a computer system. Uh, you use this handheld computer system that basically every time you do a different job, whether it's you're driving a forklift, you're you're pulling orders, you're moving trucks, you're doing paperwork. You uh, you enter into a certain job title onto that um, that computer, and it basically measures how much time you spent in that job. This is something I never had to deal with before, even at Target. I mean, Target did have reports where they thought I should get certain orders done in a certain amount of time, but this is this was completely different. And uh, I would say nine times out of ten, unless you're doing the exact bare minimum. It's really hard to beat these numbers and not get a negative score at the end of the day or at the end of the week um, because, you know, they call it dynamic standards, but there's nothing standard about it. You know, especially when you're dealing with warehouses, and I dealt with this at Target, is, you know, they create these tests and these standards for a perfectly laid out, perfectly uh, clean and organized warehouse, but it's not that way. I mean, you always have shit in the way, there's carts in the way, there's uh, people in the way, uh, you can never move as fast as you want to move, maybe somebody didn't put the right thing in the right place, maybe one of the pallets was not tied correctly, so you go to move it and all the boxes come falling down, you know, even going to the bathroom is uh, something that counts against you, <laughs> and uh, I tell you, one of the things that's really fucked up is, you know, everybody's allowed to have two 15-minute breaks within an eight-hour shift. And if you don't use those entire 15-minute breaks, it actually boosts your score. So you're rewarded for not taking a break, which is just, in my mind, pretty awful. Uh, especially in a job like that. Like, I could see other jobs where it's not very fast-paced. It's not very physically intensive. Uh is that the right the right phrase there? Physically intensive. I don't know. I've had a few beers, um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, when you're walking twenty miles a day and you're lifting heavy stuff and 
you're bending over and jumping up and down out of trucks and forklifts, you need to take breaks. Not only for your sanity, but for your physical health, you need to rest. So to get rewarded for not doing that, I mean, it's crazy. So that's one thing I didn't like. The other, uh, Some of the other things I didn't like was, uh, and this was the in-house policy, was their vacation. You know, everybody's allowed a certain amount of vacation a year, and uh, you are allowed weeks. So you get like two weeks vacation for a certain amount of years, then you move up to three, and then four, and then five. But when you got a week of vacation, you had to use that entire week at once. It wasn't like, I want this Friday off, and then I want to get two days after Christmas, and maybe a day after New Year's. Nothing like that. It was always like you had to pick this week. Because of the time that I was hired, I actually didn't get to use any vacation for the entire year. I wasn't allowed till the following year. So when it came time to pick vacation, it goes by seniority. So, of course, the people that have been there the longest, they get to pick their weeks first and then so on and so on. And since I'm at the bottom, I'm like the last one to pick my weeks. So was I going to get a week off for Christmas? Nope. Was I going to get a week off for my birthday? Nope. You know, at the time I was able to get like my daughter's birthday or my wife's birthday. But um, yeah, no, it's that was something I didn't like. I kind of get it. But at the same time, it's I never had to deal with that kind of thing before. Um, holidays, you know, I'm so accustomed to having holidays off. And the only holidays they give you off at this company is, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas. No extra day uh, before or after, um, you know, Labor Day, Memorial Day, Fourth of July, you're working. <laughs> So, you know, that kind of sucks too. You're used to getting like three days off a three-day weekend to, you know, go camping or go see family or something. And nope, those are all gone. So, and then the biggest the biggest thing, and I guess as I keep talking, maybe I'll remember some other things that really bother me. But the biggest thing was the scheduling. You know, like I said, I had started uh, Monday through Friday 3 p.m. to whatever. Then it came 1 p.m. When it became 1 p.m., it was a little bit harder because uh, I had a little less time at home with the baby. Um, then they moved it to noon, so then it was noon. And uh, then I started losing uh, Sundays. You know, I pretty much always had, I never worked Saturdays unless I you know, came in for a couple hours to do some extra bullshit thing that I didn't have to do, like a training or uh, helping out. Uh, but, you know, like, we need, they start scheduling me on Sundays. And more often than not, it would be a six day work week. So I'd be working Sunday through Friday. And if I didn't work Sunday through Friday, they would give me a Wednesday or Tuesday off. And, you know, I went in there and had a meeting with the managers and just said, you know, listen, when I started, I was doing Monday through Friday. That's what I thought I was offered for this job. And that's what my expectation has been. And, you know, my wife works Monday through Friday. And it's really hard for me to work on a Sunday because I get less time at home and, um, they basically said, well, I'm, we're sorry that you feel that way. We're sorry that you feel like you were hired under uh, false uh, pretenses, but uh, we have business needs and this is what you what we need you to do. And so I was like, fuck, man. Okay, I, I get it. And then I had like meetings after meetings and 
you know, they brought in this, uh, the guy that hired me, he got promoted and started managing uh, many different locations. So, and, and I, I really liked him. He was one of the coolest people, uh, I think, that worked for that company. And it was really sad that I didn't get to interact with him more because every time we talked, it was, I felt, he was like the only person in that company that I felt like really cared about me and, you know, uh, what I wanted to do, which is sad, you know, because the people that directly uh, supervised me, I didn't feel that way at all. I felt like uh, they didn't think I was special. They didn't think I was important. They didn't really think I contributed, you know, as much as I did. Um, and I could be wrong, but that's just the perception. Like I said, that's that's the vibe I got, especially, you know, from these conversations that I had. And, uh, yeah, man, it was, it, it was, it was tough. It was tough to, to deal with. And then somewhere in the middle of the year, I think probably around the last time I, uh, recorded a podcast, they started taking on these extra, uh, routes. I think they had like a small warehouse location up North close. So our workload pretty much doubled and uh, nobody really knew what to do and it fucking sucked. All of a sudden our 9-hour days became 10, 11-hour days and more often than not I was working 12 sometimes 13 13 and a half hour days. It's ridiculous. And it goes back to the scheduling too, you know. If you don't have enough people working or if somebody calls out sick, Everybody's going to be working two to three hours of overtime. And more often than not, that's what kept happening. And man, I just, you know, I'm not 21. I'm almost 35. Now, there are a couple of people there that were older than me, but most of them were young in their, you know, early to mid 20s. And it's hard. It's hard working overtime especially every single day every day you're working overtime i mean i thought in my last job at gemini the overtime i was working there was hard i did not even know the definition of hard labor until i started working for frito-lay and uh just not knowing when your day was going to be done and and what time you were going to get off that sucked man not knowing what time you could even take lunch you know I wouldn't be taking lunch until, you know, sometimes eight hours into my shift. Crazy. It's crazy. And it didn't need to be that way, but something about the organization, you know. On top of that, you know, they brought in a this kid, this 22-year-old kid straight out of college to manage the whole thing. Guy could barely even hold a real one-on-one conversation with you. It's like... He talks like an alien, like he's never really had a real conversation with anybody before. He's fucking super awkward. And I couldn't believe that they're like, this is the guy that's going to be your new boss. See this guy here who's been running the warehouse for eight years? Well, he's not going to be the new boss. It's this kid who has no work experience at all. So, (laughs) but hey, that's corporate culture and that's what they decided that uh, they they wanted to do. (laughs) 
I thought it was a bad decision, but what do I know? I'm just some warehouse kid. So, you know, me being a manager in the past, I was very excited about the possibilities of working for a company like this and, and what kind of things I can grow into. And it became apparent to me on top of the scheduling, on top of the overtime, on top of the, you know, people calling in, the vacation, that uh, there wasn't really going to be any position for me to grow into unless somebody left. Because even though it's part of PepsiCo, this giant, you know, conglomerate, the warehouse ran like pretty much a small company. And I mean, it sucked. It sucked. They never, you know, I really wish that uh, they had a better system and they had more coverage and they had more training. You know, I never worked at a company where they didn't encourage people to get trained or even uh, require them. So people didn't want to do the other jobs like drive a forklift or move trucks because it would affect it would uh, negatively affect their computer scores and that's the only way you can get a bonus at this job because you know what they don't really give raises <laughs> the only time you get a raise is when everybody gets a raise when you know the company looks at the cost of living once a year and decides all right we're going to raise everybody up a little bit but the person doing the bare minimum who's hardly working at all is going to be getting paid as the, the same as the person who's learning this, learning that, becoming the lead, you know, uh, helping uh, train people and, and, you know, help the business run. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. I never heard of a place that didn't offer raises, but hey, that's, that's, that's corporate. So, I knew that uh, at some point I was going to have to make a change. I don't know what, but it it was just driving me crazy, you know, not seeing my wife, uh, missing out on my weekends, only seeing my daughter for a couple hours in the morning, not having any time to do anything. That's why I hadn't made any videos. That's why I hadn't uh, recorded anything and played any music because... You know, I was uh, I was depressed, man, for the first time in a long time. I mean, there's been times where, you know, I felt a little bit of depression here and there. But this was like, I was so exhausted. I was so just drained emotionally. And all I wanted to do was drink and sleep. <laughs> and I felt like I could never do enough of either. I could never drink enough alcohol and I could never sleep enough. I mean, believe me, I would have loved to smoke some pot, but, you know, they drug test you at any job that pays money these days, you're going to get drug tested. And, uh, I mean, the last time I smoked, I kind of fucking freaked out and uh, thought I was going to have a panic attack, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) Um, But yeah, more often than not, (laughs) which is my new phrase of the episode, I would... uh, find myself falling asleep in front of the TV with a beer in my hand or a glass of whiskey. (sighs) What a way to live. So uh, going back to what I was saying earlier, I knew I needed to make some sort of a change. and I was getting to know some of the people in sales a little bit, and I met with this lady who's kind of the 
the sales uh, leader and asked her what kind of jobs were available on her side because I think, you know, I would really like to work in the morning and all the reasons that I explained. And she had told me there were a couple jobs out there. One of them was kind of a, it's called a merchandiser where you go to different stores and you set up the displays and, um, yeah, it's, uh, and you work in the morning. And then the other thing was called like a PS, which is like you're a part-time merchandiser and you're a part-time driver. And I guess I got my wires crossed and not understood her right, but it sounded like she said, you know, if if you're willing to go to Seattle, then you'll definitely get a weekend day off. And I'm like, well, that's what I want. I want to work in the morning and I want a weekend day off. And uh, when it came down to it, I uh, I met with the managers and said, hey, this is what I'm interested in. They're like, well, that sucks. We'd like to keep you in the warehouse if possible. Maybe uh, is there any way we can accommodate you and have you work in the morning? And um, initially, my first response was no, <laughs> because in my experience there, I've seen them give people a schedule and then take it away. So I say, it's not just the schedule change. I really want to try something different. I want to get out of this warehouse and... So, okay, well, we're really sorry that you feel that way, but can you just hold off until, uh, you know, after the Super Bowl? And so I, uh, once I talked to the lady again, I, 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 I've, I learned that I had gotten some, uh, I must have interpreted some of the, uh, information wrong. And turned out if I wanted a weekend day off guaranteed, I would have had to become a merchandiser. And that was like a dollar fifty less an hour. And so the job that I wanted to take, uh, well, there was no guaranteed weekend days off. And on top of that, you'd be using your own car. And, uh, you know, I don't know for sure, but, uh, you know, you might have to have more uh, insurance, you know, higher coverage on your car. And uh, they only paid for mileage from store to store, not like from your house to the store. So, you know, driving from Marysville to Seattle, quite a distance. So I decided, you know, maybe that wasn't the best option for me. Let me talk to these guys again. They had said something about a morning schedule in the warehouse. I met with the guy and said, hey, this is what I'm talking about. And he kind of seemed to write it off a little bit but he said okay well these guys are gonna have a meeting tomorrow and a few days went by never heard anything i texted him i said hey did you ever have this conversation and then from he said uh about what or starting earlier and i said yeah and then from there it just went silent he just ghosted me didn't want to respond to any messages i saw him a lot you know on the warehouse floor but uh he never really uh went back to that and uh, I just felt like these guys were blowing me off they said that they were going to do certain things like another dude said hey maybe we're going to have you do a ride along with one of the the PS uh, employees to kind of get you have you get a feel for the job and see if it's something you want to do no I mean that never happened you know and then from there the the days just kept going on and on the and uh, 12 hour days 13-hour days, and I had enough, man. I just started applying for jobs, and somehow somebody saw my resume. They really liked what I saw, and, like, the next day, I went in for an interview. 
I felt like it went really good. I really liked what they were offering. You know, this new job was uh, uh, a lot similar to, you know, Gemini, the place I worked previously, not in the industry, but because it's a smaller company, um, you know, there's they, they offer a lot of things that, you know, Frito-Lay couldn't offer me, like a morning schedule, Monday through Friday, little to no overtime, um, holidays off, plus a floating holiday. And uh, on top of that, the branch manager of this location, you know, he he'd already retired. And the reason he took this job was because he moved back up here uh, for him and his wife to be near their kids who are older now and was getting bored. So he just took this job and he told me he was the kind of guy that always was there for his kids, always went to everything. So that gives me hope that when my daughter, you know, has a doctor's appointment or she has something for her school, uh, I could actually, you know, make time to do that sort of thing. Whereas at Frito-Lay, it was impossible to do anything um, like that, have any time because of uh, how hard the job was when somebody wasn't there. So I, of course, and then they wanted to offer me more money. And then six months down the road, we'll talk about doing a raise if I do a good job. So I'm like, geez, please, please, I really want this job. I mean, and this this is not what I said to them. This is just what I was thinking after the interview. And a few days passed and they called me up and they said, listen, we'd like to offer you a position. And I was just, I don't know, man. I'm just extremely, extremely grateful and thankful. So not even a a, a year, <laughs> not even a year that I started at Frito-Lay, I'm gone. And I had my last day last night, another 12-hour day. And, uh, you know, I had some very interesting feelings. I wanted to record this last night while I still was, you know, feeling that, but I was so exhausted I knew it was going to be, wasn't going to be uh, very good. I was probably going to fall asleep, but um, I'll be honest with you. There are times that I had a good day and had fun, and there were days that I was so pissed off at the people who work there, or I was so pissed off at the schedule, or I was so pissed off at you know how long I was there. I would come home just exhausted. Uh, beyond exhausted, you know, depressed that I didn't have any time or energy to do anything other than the bare minimum. You know, I was, there's a lot of frustration at home because I couldn't be here for certain things. I couldn't help out as much. And then, you know, my wife and my mother-in-law, they would get irritated at me because you know, I had sort of an attitude. Whoops, had to take a little break there to feed the dog because she was barking. You know, my dog is a maniac. <laughs> we spent, I don't know how much, at least a thousand bucks on her this year on new tests to get her on this uh 
new nutrition diet, nutrition, you know, I, I did a video chat with a nutritionist out of the University of Tennessee and got her this new diet plan and got her off the expensive uh, prescription food that we get from Chewy and now we're making her her own food. Um, you know, back to me and my attitude, you know, my mother-in-law is, you know, sometimes very hard to live with. She's very critical of me and my wife. Um, she's very, I don't know, sometimes possessive over our daughter because she watches her during the day. And when we want to take her out during a certain time, you know, and we're breaking up the routine, you know, she has something to say about it. But at the same time, she's the kind of person where if you say anything about her, it's like very, very just uncomfortable situation to deal with. And there, we even got to a point where between the family, we were all just blowing up at each other. And it was just, it sucked. It really did suck. And I mean, and you top, top it off, I mean, uh, my father-in-law who lives here, he just doesn't contribute, doesn't do anything, just drinks lots and lots of alcohol and smokes cigarettes and makes messes and uh, now he's just obsessed with watching fucking Fox News and playing the PlayStation 3 and that's all he does and I'm sure that she's um, very frustrated about that and you know takes it out on me a little bit because I'm the only man in the house that does anything and I don't do everything that I should and it's hard when you are just tired working 60 plus hours a week you know it's hard it's really really hard and it's hard living with somebody's parents and you know being in a marriage where you don't really see your spouse that often So all in all, I really feel like this job thing is, um, it's a good change. It's a, uh, it's a really positive change. Oh, and then, and then on top of everything else, we just bought a house, you know, um, between the job and the baby and the parents and stress we also uh, bought a house and that was a fun fun little thing you know we went to many different houses uh over the course of a few weekends and i mean for me it's really easy i could live anywhere and find anything good i'm not picky but uh you know we uh we toured different houses and ended up going with a new house a new build it's very exciting. We signed. Um, we're still in the process of moving our stuff over there now. And uh, yeah, it's 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 been quite a journey. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of things that I missed uh, talking about, but that's basically where I'm at and where I've been the last few months. It's it's been wow. It's been the fastest year and and uh it's been an important year, you know. I I seem to remember last year that I I thought 2019 was going to be the greatest year of my life. And in some ways it was, and in a lot of ways it was not. You know, it 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 really reminds me a lot of uh 2016, which 2016 was Let me break this down to you cuz uh 
I'm pretty sure I could remember um I can remember years pretty well all the way back to uh 2012 cuz 2012 was the year that I got my own apartment and before that I had been smoking wa- smoking weed, smoking pot. <laughs> I was going to say smoking what? Uh smoking weed for so many years that I don't my memories are just blurry at that point but 2012 was a good year. Uh, because everything was new and exciting and I did things for the first time and met my wife. 2013 was okay, it was still new and exciting. Tried to move to LA, didn't work out. 2014 was very hard. Um, we got engaged, but at the same time we had a lot of personal issues. Um, and then 2015 was a great year. I loved 2015. We had moved into a house uh that we were renting and everything seemed to be very good and we got married and had a great trip up to Seattle. 2015 was the last, I think, great year. 2016 was hard because my wife got a back injury and, you know, that was that was hard. It was very hard, especially in a brand new marriage. And then it got better at the end, and then 2017 started good, and then it got worse towards the end, and and then 2018, uh, our baby was born, and still trying to learn how to be a dad, and it's taken me well over, it's taken me her whole life to figure out how to be a dad, and I think I'm a lot better at it in the past couple months than her first year of her life, that's for sure. And then 2019, it was like, you know, good and then bad. So now I'm hoping that 2020 is just going to be good all around, baby. <laughs> I really think 2020 is going to be the next 2015, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, look, so one of the things about the new house is I have a room where I can just put all the things that I everything that's me I could put into this one room and it's my music stuff I could do my photography I could do my video editing um, all the creative things the designing of the t-shirts I really want to get back to that stuff and I really hope that I'm going to have the energy to do that now and I'm excited Um, this chapter and and you know the house that we live in now we'll be moving out of Um, and it's not a bad house by any means, but it doesn't contain good memories. So, you know, 2019 was the year of uh, transition, you know, moving, (laughs) moving to a new place and learning, you know, how to be a new person, learning how to be a new father and, uh, dealing with, uh, you know, extreme changes and now we're into 2020 uh within the next month we should have everything moved into the new house i'm really excited to start writing music and making music again um and just doing everything so yeah man i finally did it i finally recorded an episode um so uh it's february 9th Shout out to my buddy JP. It's his birthday. Uh, my best buddy. He just went to see uh, 96 Bitter Beings the other day, which is uh, the lead singer from CKY and his new group of uh, ragtag musicians. 
they were playing at the boardwalk in Orangevale and uh JK was there too. I wish I could have been there. It would have been really fun, but alas, I am up here staring at a box for our new 65-inch TV because our last TV stopped working. So, uh So yeah, I hope to do another one of these soon. Um if you are one of the three or four people that listen to this, I love you. You're great. Um miss you very much. Um and I really hope that uh, uh, things are good with everybody. You know, I I I hold no hard feelings towards Frito Lay because um, they're some of the hardest working people that I've ever met. Um, do I think that there are things that could be better there? Of course, but. It's not my place to make the changes, and it wasn't a great fit for me personally, but it's a great job for a certain type of person, and um, that's about it. I'm going to finish my beer and go to bed and start packing stuff up tomorrow. So follow me, Instagram, Twitter, Stephen MJ Getney, YouTube.com slash Stephen Getney. I don't know. I did a TikTok. Maybe I'll do videos on TikTok again. And uh, that's it. So thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye-bye.